Hey guys, welcome back to James and John Try Podcasting. I'm James, and with me is John. Hello. That wave is always for <laughs> <And> you, James. <laughs> I, I know, it just throws me off. <laughs> and in this special episode of James and John Try Podcasting, the topic today is death and how it comes for us all. John, do you want to explain why we're even going to have this discussion? <laughs> Why this even uh, became a topic for the two of us. Do you mean in general? Because it's something we wanted to talk about before or why I was like pivot to it today. <laughs> Let's talk why uh, we talked about it uh, in general before this and why we're then going to pivot to today specifically. It, we're not sure when this podcast is going to go up. We're trying things today. Well, I don't know if I want to speak for the both of us of why we've, we've talked about death multiple times before um and it haunts me james <laughs> <laughs> it is same a huge source of my anxiety like it's just same. something i've struggled with my whole life like i i know a lot of people struggle with the idea of death but uh i f- i mean at least people make me feel <laughs> That they're able to ignore it a bit more than I am, or um, that they didn't start thinking about it as early as I did. Because I was literally like a toddler <laughs> when I first asked about death. Boy. <laughs> um, I mean, well, what's the age range for toddler? Maybe I'm stretching that. Um, wow, you would know better than me because you have a younger brother. Uh, I would say two to four, maybe? Okay, five? I think like, yeah, I think like four or five. So either toddler or very little kid anyways, you know, um, right? was when I started thinking about it, asking about it, crying about it. <laughs> so that's why I want to talk about it. Uh, and yeah, I've had anxiety about death for a while now since probably high school. Um, so you didn't start as early as I did. No, no, I don't Lucky think so. You, you had a wow, you had a good decade and a half almost. And you know what? It's a little surprising because I've had to deal with death a fair amount in my life. Maybe that's why. Um, and honestly, I I think there was definitely a time when it started to bother me because I started reflecting on my religion. I think there was just like that comfort being like a you know christian or being told i'm christian oh, oh wait so there was a time where you were christian and you were you actually believed on some level yeah i believe there was a heaven i believed okay. um there was a hell i guess i was more afraid of going to hell for being a bad person um the reason why i say it like that sorry not to cut you off for like the third time it's just that i've only ever known you as agnostic or atheist you know what i mean Yes. And, and, and in high school, I would say almost annoyingly so. Like, you were almost aggressively atheist. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's because that switch had not happened that long ago. So, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I started, like, questioning my religion in, like, middle school, maybe even before then. But I think... uh I think high school is when I was... I made the switch. Fully. And a lot of that was also like. 
I would say I wasn't even atheist in high school. Or maybe towards the tail end I was. You were agnostic, no? Uh, well... The way you talked about it, anyways. The way um, I would define myself now, and I think in high school, was atheist agnostic. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that there's a difference between the two. Um, atheism is, I believe there is no God. And agnostic means you don't know. Um, I do not know if there's a god. Yeah, no, that's a big difference. Uh, well, for some people, they don't uh, they don't comprehend that there's a difference between belief and knowing, because a lot of people who believe in um, a religion uh, may uh, say that knowledge and belief is the same thing, and th- there's probably a lot of people who are also believe, but maybe don't outwardly say they know you know Mm. yeah so i think that's like one of my things i had a hard time like like learning and defining those two words for myself really helped my religious uh growth i guess yeah it made you less annoying (laughs) because i'm like i'm saying you i feel like in the the way you came across was like specifically atheist initially anyways and then you know as time went on you were like well i really don't know one <laughs> you know like no one knows. and i'm yeah. not gonna pretend to know and that's that's a big difference because then i mean whatever like i people could believe whatever they want but like i feel like um my issue with like hardcore atheists is that you're just as religious <laughs> as a religious oh, yeah, person yeah. you know no. that you're like shitting on <laughs> and you know what like i had that belief then too I think I also just had a terrible, like, thought process of, I, I just read uh, 1984 by George Orwell, so I'm going to use a word from that book. I kind of had um, a double think, uh, like, philosophy, where I believed people should believe whatever they want, uh, but I also believe they were stupid for not, for believing in a god, uh, you know? Because I, I my my thing mm-hmm. has always been like people can believe whatever they want as long as they're not hurting anyone else. I truly do not care as long as you're not hurting anyone else. But as we see, people try to like shape policy and shit based on what they believe yeah. rather than what they know. And it's like, ugh. I would say that's where I fall now. Um, uh, as long as you're not hurting anyone, which was also my philosophy for like gay rights and uh trans rights and stuff like that it always kind of fell on that uh and it took it just took me a little while to get out of that thought process uh with uh being atheist and again a part of that was a good portion of me being quote unquote atheist was i was not really atheist i was angry at god and i thought i could hurt god by saying i don't believe in them mm. and then um as i kept processing those feelings and processing what i believed in i i did come to believing that there is no god um for my own reasons and i guess uh to state why i was angry at god um my father died when i was four and it took me till probably like after high school of processing that those feelings you know 
I do know, but I, I still don't know that you fully process those feelings. Um, I've, I do believe I've gone to, um, acceptance of my father's passing. Am I happy my father died? Of course not. Um, and I would probably still argue. I, so I think when I was young and maybe not even like that young, I don't think it happened like right after my father died, but I like, I think someone like tried to console me by saying, Oh, like, Oh God needed your father. And see that's, and that's what set you on your, yeah, <laughs> because no, that's not true at all. <laughs> even the teachings of Christianity, that's not true at all. <laughs> there is no way God, uh, most powerful force, the almighty, the all powerful, the all knowing would need a father more, need my father more than a four year old child, than a 13 year old child, than an 18 year old child, you know? Yeah. Like I needed my father. Right. And I would probably be a very different person because my father was a deacon of a, a Lutheran church. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or maybe I would have still have these, but have, you know, I would have been able to process those, um, beliefs because I would have someone to talk to. Um, right. you know, my, when I told my mother, I was atheist. It was like, I guess a slap in the face. I don't fucking know. Um, mm. even though I would not, you know, say she is the best Christian. <laughs> she has not been in church for a very long time. Um, and the last time she went to church, she begged me to go because she didn't want to go alone. Did you? Uh, yes, because she bribed me. I wanted a book. So she took me and bought me the book afterwards. Uh, how was it? Church? Yeah. Like, was it just whatever? Like, like, I, I think I've mentioned to you that like my most recent experiences weren't the best <laughs> and, and that, you know. I heard some uh, backwards shit, some ignorant shit. And oh, I was like, I can't. shit. Um, I didn't have anything like that. Um, it was like Christmas. So she okay. like took me, my sister. I think that's it. Um, and, you know, they were welcoming, going like, oh, you know, there's probably people who just come for Christmas. We want you to come more often if you can. It, uh, there's probably some non-believers here, I, blah, 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 you know. Right. Um, and it was just whatever, it was nice, but mm -hmm. I, I just remember, like, they were passing along the wine and the, um, the dish for collections. Right. Um, I think I took out, like, a dollar to throw in there, but, um, like, the wine thing came first, and I didn't see the person with the wine and I was young, and I don't even know why I was at the end, because I didn't want to be grabbing a thing and passing it along, uh, mm -hmm. especially because I was not going to have the wine, because it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> and a little bit, like, weirdly a pagan kind of thing. Like, drink the blood of your lord. Like, what? We're vampires right. now? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Christians definitely like to co-op yes pagan traditions and make it their own 
But that one, like, it's like, oh, you didn't even cover shit up. Like, why are we drinking the blood of a Lord and eating his body in the form of crackers and wine? <laughs> but um, I didn't see the person. I didn't, I didn't really know how to react. Um, and they were like one of the ushers, an older woman. And she was just, she had a like mood and she's like, just take the plate. I'm like, okay. Okay, passing along. Judged her, you know. Uh, and I didn't put, <laughs> I did not put a dollar in the charity plate when it came along. And I gave her a nasty look when she came around with it. Um, and, you know, it's just. The dollar wasn't for her. No, but she represented <laughs> the church. That's fair. Like. I, um, also, be, I've learned. before I lose the train of thought, mm -hmm. just because like you, you kind of quickly went through like, you know, your beliefs and how that's impacted, you know, how you thought about death and stuff yes. as well. Um, well, for one, I've like always been like Christian on some level, and I say on some level, it's just because it's weirder and weirder to say when I'm not a religious person. Like, I've, I'm more spiritual than religious. Okay, you know. It's just that that's like the basis for like the things that I believe, right? Like that's where it started, right? Right. So I wouldn't, I'm not really, but, but anyways, I still believe like there's something bigger, you know, but, um, it's never offered me comfort. So that's the difference. Even when you believe like that helped a little bit, right? For me, it's never has because, well, first off, the Bible doesn't have, uh, a convincing case for heaven in it in my opinion okay. you know i mean the way the way we try to act like it is right. you know like oh it's this utopia it's perfect yeah if it's perfect that means it's nothing because nothing's perfect you know what i mean like it's just it's just i i think like i was reading one thing and the way i interpreted it is just like we're just like lights i'm like okay i'm gonna, be, I'm gonna become a star great like what how why do i want that you know what i mean that's not making me feel comfort in my life as i know it ending you know what i mean even that benefit, supposed benefit of being a Christian, right? Because that's a lot of people turn to religion to reconcile with death, right? That's a big part of it, I would say. Not the only reason, you know, there's community and stuff like that. But um, but uh, that's a big thing. And I never got that from it. It didn't make me not believe. Like, that's never been the reason, you know, the world is more of a reason. Um, uh, but... Yeah, I never had that. Like, I would go to church and I'm like, that's my biggest issue, right, is the idea of death. And then I would ask people and they didn't give me satisfactory answers. And it's not because it's not what I didn't want to hear. It's because they didn't know how to talk about it. Right. Like, uh, I needed an adult to talk to me about death. And even my parents, I feel like, kind of had the mindset of, like, you're too young to be thinking about this and it doesn't matter because i am this age and i am thinking about right. it so help me you know and and i feel like i didn't get that like my mom was probably the most comforting person but that's just because she was my mom <laughs> you know what i mean like she was just there she hugged me you know stuff like that but in terms of like words for me to process and like work through it i didn't get that so it just became a thing where they were essentially telling you um don't think about it but all they really did was make sure that i thought about it for the rest of my life that's what I've learned. <laughs> and it was bad <laughs> for a long time. Like it used to be a daily, you know, nightly torture. For, I don't even remember when it stopped, to be honest, but it was definitely into college. That was still an issue. Uh, 
there's a part of me that's like, let's move on from the religion talk and get into the actual discussion of death. But do you mind if I try to define uh, where your religion, like based on certain ideas, just to see where like you and both you and me are when it comes to certain okay. things? So you believe that there, do you believe there is a God? I believe there's something bigger. And if you want to call that God, sure. Okay. That, that I believe that, uh, we just happened. Shit just happened. And it happened like out of nothing came something. And that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. And and, I mean that like, you know, we both have the mindset that we don't know, so we're not going to speak definitively on anything. Um, so I, I don't, argue against stuff like that especially because even with my belief of something bigger well that had to come out of nothing so either way it's just as ridiculous whether you say we came out of nothing that came out of nothing it's all out of nothing and it's ridiculous you know i guess i i guess there's just some part of me that goes if humans came from something mm-hmm. that doesn't have like a presence or mm, this is gonna sound because there are some people that go like they can feel god and stuff um but would you say like you feel the presence of a something higher or is it just like that's a tougher thing to grapple with because the thing is i change yeah, I mean, and that's the thing for any believer of any kind, of course. like whether you're truly religious or not, it's something you constantly have to grapple with because you're constantly being faced with things that contradict what you thought you believed, you know? Now the question is, are you going to blindly believe or are you going to face those things and like try to figure it out? Right. Um, I guess for me, it's not satisfactory for you because to me, it's like the presence is just the existence. Like it's literally the miracle that out of nothing that we could be. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, if that, if that's, if for me, if that's something that led to, cause some, well, the thing is we, we didn't come of nothing. Like you can say at the beginning it was nothing, but we weren't the first things to exist. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. So like, so we came of something, that's the first thing. And then, um, but in the way that you're saying that people go like, you know, like they're maybe in there in church and they can feel like the presence. I think that is not, real in that way like if if you're feeling it it's because you're meditating you're going inward and then finding like i said just the presence within the existence but the idea that there's some holier nature of a church makes no sense to me it's a building it's walls and a roof all right you know what i mean all that's changing is your mindset and that's fine too but you got to acknowledge that that's what it is you know (laughs) like god doesn't care about churches (laughs) it just doesn't make sense Cause then why wouldn't, why wouldn't have earth been built with a church? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I, I, I just gotta mention this. I went to a Christian school, my first year of high school when I lived in Florida. Uh, my mom heard stories about public school, about cracker day, that, that bullshit. If you didn't listen to episode two, I discussed that, but she put me in this, uh, private Christian little, little school, little tiny school in a church. And we had um, one the a huge hurricane, and we got out of school for like months. Uh, was it Katrina? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Wilma. Oh, that sounds right. Wasn't it Wilma? I think because so. Katrina was like obviously like 
New Orleans had to deal with that. But I feel like for Florida, Wilma, I remember that knocking us out for a while. Yeah, like was it Wilma? street lights and stuff. It, it was a bad uh, thing, and it dis- it didn't destroy, but it did damage on the church and the school, and they had to find places to put us. Like, we couldn't even be in the building. Um, They put up a tent for all their, like, church-going stuff since then. And I just remember, because the pastor was also the principal, and he was going like, and, oh, here's the other funny part. Down the street, like, literally a block away was a Jewish temple that was also used for, um, like, school for Jewish kids. Nothing happened to it. It wasn't touched. <laughs> um, so one point for the Jews. <laughs> but here's how the principal slash pasture bend it god has graced them with the insurance check to build the church up bigger and better i'm like dude Mm. and here and like the jewish uh temple uh very kind people uh had some extra rooms for the pre-k uh kids because this was like, um, not pre-K, like kindergarten to be, because this was from kindergarten to high school, this little school. Yeah. Um, that next year, by the way, um, I think everyone went to our high school. I, I bumped into a couple of kids I knew from that school. Or they moved to a different state after that hurricane. <laughs> uh, a lot of the teachers quit, too. Actually, the pasture and the... Uh, left as well um he moved to a different state so i guess he didn't stick around for those blessings i mean he finished up the school year but uh, oh okay there was well i'm talking about the building of the new yeah i think i i honestly when i left that place i i was a fucking atheist pretending to be a christian in that school at Mm. the time um or you, you know wherever the fuck i was on my spiritual journey the not good part but still, like, I don't believe any of this shit. But, yeah. So that, that was that. Why did you have a flashback just now? <laughs> I, I just remember Bible study, which was literally just um, before the hurricane. We had this little book. And, you know, I like the mythology of Christianity. I like the angels and demons. And I was really interested in that part of the learning in Bible studies. Mm-hmm. After that, I guess all the books got ruined or something. Because they were just like, hey, we're going to just memorize a passage and you guys have to write it out without looking at the mm. Bible. That's not what I want to learn. I want to learn about <laughs> yeah. angels and demons. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. Uh, and to get back to uh, the definition, I was trying to find out where we are on the spectrum yeah. of uh, religion and belief. Um, do you believe mm. that there is a afterlife? doesn't have to be heaven or hell it doesn't have to be you know ghosts roaming the earth uh again this is a thing that kind of uh depends because on the one hand essentially no because that's my that's why i have such an issue with death right is that this is it right and um when i say essentially no is because what makes you is your thoughts when you die that's gone so even if you're like energy always transfers so you will exist 
your energy will go on in some way. But to me, that's not an afterlife because there's no, there's no consciousness involved in that. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that we know of, right. We don't know, but it's just like, even if, okay, if there's a consciousness, it will not be you. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Because like your, your memories, huh? I, I know the Star Trek thing. Well, I don't I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, right you now. don't? Um, so uh, there's a discussion on how the teleportation works in Star Trek, where it mm-hmm. literally deconstructs you and then reconstructs you. Right. And it's pretty much they um, it's pretty much believed that you are technically dying and then yeah. a clone is being made. And that clone is not the person who went into the teleporter. Okay. No, I did know. I just didn't know that that's what you okay. were, uh, what you meant. But yeah, so it's just, but the thing is, it's not even that. That's not even what we're describing here because there's no deconstruction. Your body is right there for everyone to see after you die, you know? If you're lucky. It's just <laughs> fair. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so just the idea that like I can't take my brain with me, even if there is something after, kind of bothers me because I'm like, as much as I like, can be like i hate myself i guess i love myself enough (laughs) because i don't want to cease to exist in that way you know what i mean same um yeah so i i guess that's kind of how i feel about it like that's that's what it is if there's something more it's not gonna be something that gives me comfort now you get what i'm saying right now maybe that something else can still be good, you know? It's just I can't picture that right now because I only have my lowly human mind that I have, you know? So, <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess for me, it's just I don't believe that there's anything after this. Or if there is, it's like you said, we can't really... Uh, you won't be James. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't be John. Yeah. So that, that's, that's... And we wouldn't be tri-podcasting. Uh, no, what if that's all there is? Like, <laughs> I can accept that. That's all? <laughs> Shit. Well, if we can observe the, the, the universe or whatever, I can accept it. But if it's just all we know for the rest of time, that would drive me crazy. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other factors I think that's important when it comes to, um, belief, but I think those are like the two like touchstones, like, do you believe in a God or a higher being or, and you know, yeah. Uh, I guess let's move into death. Um, you've kind of mentioned that you gone through the process of the whole death thing when you were young. Um, I was more like high school, maybe a little after high school. When I started like fixating on death and having, uh, I think that's you know. the best word. I started fixating because I haven't gone through a process. It's still, it's still a problem. I'm just too tired nowadays to think about it as much <laughs> as I used to. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, I even had like a panic attack, maybe like a mini panic attack after that, and like that was probably the scariest thing um and you know i found my own little ways to you know not get over the thought of dying but to at least 
put some distance on dying uh, when I was younger. I mentioned this uh, in one of the behind the scenes or in the like tangents that might be going up this month or next month. I'm not sure, but it uh, pretty much what I had to do to get past like fixating and uh, being like so terrified I couldn't even move. I told myself I'm never going to die. <laughs> and it is a flimsy, flimsy thing that can easily be teared away. But you know what? It actually did work for me for a little bit. Um, it distanced myself from thinking about death as much as I did. Um, and I still think, of, still think about death, especially lately, uh, being who I am. <laughs> um, but I haven't had that like panic attack. I maybe like start crying, but you know, which is probably still not great, <laughs> but it's still better than, you know, falling to the floor, crying hysterically in the middle of the night, uh, you know, when you wanted to go use the bathroom. <laughs> but, uh, that's something that helped me a lot with, uh, stop like fixating on death. And as I get older, like, Again, terrible thing, but I'll say stuff when I'm, like, you know, tired of everything. Well, I guess I'll just die. Fuck this. And that doesn't, you know, ruin me emotionally anymore. Well, I haven't gotten there. <laughs> Maybe you should start um, believing you're never going to die. I can't do it. I can't do it. You, you, We had this conversation yeah. before, and it just it did not help me. Like, I was like, I can't even wrap my mind around that, because I just... Cause I feel like the only way I could do that is to believe in an afterlife. I, there's no way I'm going to believe that I'm not going to die here on earth. You know what I mean? I can't say that to myself and even believe it for a second, you know? Um, so the way I got it to like click for me is I'll never know when I'm going to die. Therefore right. I will never die. Um, in your mind. Yeah. Cause your mind will never know that you had died. Yes. I, I get that. But for me, it's always about what's, actually the case not just like my perception of it and even though that's stupid actually now now that you're saying it it's like well all we have is what we can perceive so like i wish i could you know just accept that um because then that would that would work but i always think about the fact that no i just literally it will be done and i won't know and and that is the best comfort i have from it but i don't want it to be done even though it's going to be done like i just can't accept that part of it um, but one thing I wanted to say, cause you were saying like, you know, you had panic attacks or whatever. I, I, I would have to like talk to my therapist more or, or to somebody to, to know for sure. But I, I think I've mentioned to you before that, um, I think that my anxiety and obviously death is a huge source of my anxiety, um, is the reason I used to have migraines all the time. Okay. And cause I got migraines since I was a little kid and I, I literally was seeing doctors and like, you know, they were just like, kids don't have migraines. <laughs> Jesus. They were like, they were like, he's not middle-aged. Like, what is this? Like, what is going on here? Um, and they gave me medications, but like, it didn't really help. And I mean, in my mind, the reason is because it wasn't, it was anxiety induced. So you had to like tone down the anxiety to get the results. Right. And that's why I believe, you know, I've developed, you know, maybe some coping mechanisms or whatever, or I've thought about things enough to not be as 
heightened when I do think about them now um, that I don't get to that level where I'm going to get a migraine, right? Um, but one time, I believe I had, I don't know, because I was a kid, right? but I believe I had a mental breakdown. Oh. And I think it was because it was my first time having to actually deal with death. So you spend my, you know, childhood telling me, oh, don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. And now someone's dead in my life. Mm. So I haven't built anything to be able to face it, you know? And the thing is, at the, like, I thought that I was, like, just crying because I was sad. But I started getting a migraine and, and I just reflect back on it now. And I'm like, that's not how I cry when I'm sad. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and I was sad. It was my grandmother. Um, uh, that, uh, and that was my question. The, the, yeah, it was my grandmother from my dad's side the first time. And uh, her name was Gia Mina. Apparently they called her Gia for short. I don't remember that because I was too young. Right. Um, I remember her. And I remember her taking care of me. But the more I look back on it, I'm like, the reaction I had didn't make sense to me because I do remember really loving being around her when I was around her, but I feel like I was barely around her because we moved to Massachusetts. And now, so like all the years that I can remember, I wasn't really around her. I just had like a vague memory of her presence. You know what I mean? And so her dying wasn't in my mind, shouldn't have made me that level of like, heartbroken right it it's a sad thing i didn't want it to happen of course i did have love for her and and she was my father's mother which also makes me sad right that he has to lose his mother right but my reaction just makes me think that i was just like this person's dead like this person's dead you told me not to worry about people dying there's a person dead you know what i mean like and i was just like losing my shit because i was like that like that she doesn't exist she's not there no more she's like like you know what i mean like i what do i do with that like that's gonna happen to me that's gonna happen to you like that's you know what i mean like my, my mom's driving us to new york at the time and i think i was thinking that like like i literally was looking at my mom like this this woman could die right now <laughs> you know what I mean? like that's how i was thinking because i was in a panic mode you know um so i was like losing it um and yeah, like that, that was just hard. Like I didn't have whatever I needed to be able to face that moment. Like facing it, you know, once it, you get, I wouldn't say desensitized, but like it gets easier because then my mom's grandmother died and that was truly probably the saddest. Like I spent a lot more time with her, mm. you know, and I remembered her a lot more and also the way she went out, you know, it was terrible. Like she was fighting cancer. And, oh, damn. They they diagnosed it too late, and she still tried, you know, chemotherapy. But you know, chemotherapy can be really rough, so it was just like yeah. a sad end to like a really strong person, and that was sad. But I didn't have that same reaction that I had to what I remember in my mind, at least the first big death in my right. life. You know, how old were you for the first death? I I honestly don't know. Like it has to be before 11 but after seven and the only reason why i give those two is because my dad my parents got divorced when i was seven mm. and 11 was when i went to arizona so it had to be in between that okay because it happened before i went to arizona my grandmother died while i was in arizona the, my mom's grandmother um, right so so actually they were pretty 
like kind of close together now that I think about it, you know, which is crazy to me to think about. It didn't feel like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun topic. This is a fun topic. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, where do we pivot? Okay. Um well, my issue with death is not just just that initial thing of like, okay, you're dying and and then you're gone. It's literally like I said, one of the driving forces of like my anxiety. But the thing is, once you become an anxious person, that starts spreading. Mm-hmm. You start becoming more anxious about more things. And then it comes back to death. And now you're anxious about ways of dying or something that you didn't even think about before. You know what I mean? And I have irrational fears now. Because I would say that the initial anxiety, the initial fear, that's rational. Yeah. What's irrational about being afraid of no longer existing? You know what I mean? But then when you start worrying about the ways that that can happen, <laughs> like I have a pretty big fear of heights now. I mean, I've had it for most of my life, but I don't think I always had it. Okay. You know? Um, hate being on planes. Always think we're going down. Um, it, it gets easier, like, when you fly more, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, but, but then it goes away, because, like, I stopped flying for, like, the, pretty much the whole time I lived in Florida until I went to um, Portland for a friend's wedding, which was just in the last year. I hadn't flown since I was, like, 17 or 18, I think. Maybe 16. So that's, like, half my life. You know, and then I start flying again. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm sitting there. I'm tapping my foot. I'm like clenching my teeth. I'm, this is okay. This is okay. People are just okay. <laughs> like, we could fall any moment. You hit turbulence once. It's like, oh, oh my fuck, God. Fuck. You know? Um, and then, like, when I'm like left with my thoughts, like, just, you know, late night in bed or whatever, that's when it really gets dumb. <laughs> that's when it really gets stupid. I start thinking, like, have I ever told you about the thing, like, where I think about the idea that we're like an ant to an alien and one day they're just going to step on us. Like, and the planet, the planet is an ant yeah. <laughs> and they're just, and they just flatten us. Like, and that gives me anxiety. It's such a ridiculous thing to think about. Really enough. It's not, <laughs> or I, I, d- but, but why is it not ridiculous? Like, just cause you think about it too. Doesn't I, mean it's not ridiculous. <laughs> what, you know what I would say? We're, it's not even just at that point. Did you ever watch, um, oh God, what's the, the movie with the towel and the aliens and, uh, the, the sad robot. Robot. Yeah, it was, a, it, it was a book, uh, comedy, uh, sci-fi. What's the fucking name? It's robot. You threw me off when you threw robot. Cause I was about to say ET and then no. you just like, Alien? Oh, wait, aliens more than one? Yes. There's... Can you tell me more about the plot rather than just like random? <laughs> uh, the guy um, is living on this, uh, living on Earth. And then pretty much a spaceship comes and tells Earth like, hey, you're kind of in the way of our uh, highway. So we're just going to destroy the planet. 
uh, you have like a day or two to get off planet. And then his friend comes. It's not Hitchhiker's Guy. Yeah, Hitchhiker's Guy. There we go. Oh, it is? Yes. Man, I haven't seen that in so long and I never read the book. So like I, you're kind of, you're, it's like you're telling me for the first time, to be honest. Uh, well, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the basic plot of, hey, yeah, aliens who are more sophisticated than us come in and go like, ah, they're in the way. We'll give them, we'll give them a warning, but that warning means nothing to us who can't get off planet. Because right. we can't. <laughs> Yet. Uh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, my, the, probably the worst thing for me was I would lay in bed, close my eyes to go to bed, and just one thought would pop in my head. What if you die tonight? You're going to die in this bed. You're never going to wake up. And then I can't fall asleep because I, my eyes are just wide awake and I literally will just have to pass out from exhaustion. That happened to me for so yes. long. No, the, I would say the same thing would happen to me, except that that's not the thought I had. What was my thought, thought wasn't, what if you die tonight? It was more just the idea that I could die at any moment, right? Or it could be years from now. But that I'm going to sleep today without having done anything. Do you get what I'm saying? I felt like I was always wasting time. So, actually, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, would you say you have a fear of failure? Yes. But you know what's fucked up? I also have a fear of success. That is fucked up. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm afraid of, like, success that's uncontrollable. You know? Like, hypothetically, let's just say we had a Patreon or some shit, and one day we went from making $5 to $1 million overnight. It's just like, oh, the fuck are we supposed to do now? Like, What do you mean you just keep doing what you're doing? Oh, but now we have to figure out how, like, taxes we have to figure out. Um, yeah, but we could hire an accountant with that kind of fucking money. But here's the thing. Then we have that million dollars. Then we have to sustain that million dollars. And what if we dip back down to $5 a month? Well, no, if you have a million dollars, like, with how much we needed to make the podcast versus how much we had, like, a lot of that we can invest back, but a lot of that we could just put towards sustaining itself like like we we would you could get people to like invest that money for you or however you want to do it to to ensure that you're never gonna fucking die hungry and then just keep doing what you're doing i think a part of that also stems from um not really having people do stuff for me and having to do everything and even that's not technically true but a lot of the stuff like that's important to me i have to fucking strive to do it um mm -hmm. So I, I think there is like a part of me that's just like, I don't trust an accountant. They're going to skim money off the top. All right. Well, I'm taking my half <laughs> and I will work with an accountant and then you can die homeless and hungry if you want. But <laughs> uh, I wouldn't let that happen, James. You'd at least have a place, especially since we made that money together. Not just because we're friends, but because we made that money together. I'm just <laughs> um, no, but... I mean, that's a rational thing. I would say I've seen people have that reaction. Like, they get money, and it's like a paranoia. Well, it's like mm -hmm. a fear of these people. And But that, 
but then you might be screwing your money. Like, it yeah, just... and that, I think that's also the thing. Like, there are so many like celebrities who had their like five, 15 minutes of fame, and mm. then they're now like rock bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, I guess I always also contru- uh, uh, always uh, thought of that as like, oh, they became too successful too quickly. I mean, it's possible, but I feel like it's just you didn't put the work in. Like when you become successful, like you you do need to lean on other people more, but you need to build a solid team of people that you know are going to like you have to have the worst case scenario planned out as well. You know, if you're just living like, oh, it's always going to be like this. That's your failure right there, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's it might not. And then then you end up in those poor situations. But it's not like, you know people are in the whatever industry you were successful, if it's entertainment or whatever, those people are not there to help you. They're there to make money off of you as well. So as soon as they're done with you, they'll toss you to the side. So you need to be looking out for yourself or else, you know, you end up in those situations. All right. But I, 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 what I was coming from with that fear of uh, failure, uh, I wonder if that uh, goes hand in hand with fear of death because we die and didn't accomplish, you know, yeah, what we want. And I'm curious, when did you form a fear of failure? I would say pretty early on, actually. I don't, I'm, I don't know what age, but the reason why it started when I was young is because I was always someone who was quick to learn things. I was likable. I could fit in with any group. You know, people always thought I was funny. People always thought I was smart. Um, My family, they probably didn't mean it this way, but that's the way I felt is that they put pressure on me to be the one, you know, to be like the one that makes it big or something and like has like huge success. Like, like I I was always the one that like was told like I could be anything and they literally believe it. You Mm. know what I mean? And for some reason, I, I don't know what's, I, I have to unpack that more actually and I think <laughs> about it because I, cause you, cause you want to be able to instill confidence. Like, let's say I have a kid, right? I want to be able to instill confidence in that kid. I want that kid to be able to be the best version of themselves. But for some reason, the way I took it was just a pressure, just a pressure, not like, not like, yeah, I am the best. There was a time, there was a time where I did believe that though. And I used to do everything I wanted to do. Like I, like I've, I've told you in the past, like, you know, I used to act even though it gave me anxiety, but I would go out there and I would do it. And, and the thing is I would think like I was deserving of doing that and that I was good enough to do that and that I was as good as anyone else. And then like in school, I was like more active early on, which is the opposite of how you met me. Right. And I was like, I, I'm a straight A type of person. That was like my mindset, but not because I was like, Oh, I'm just going to be like going so hard. I was just like, I learn things quickly and I'll do enough to get that A. And that's how easy I had it in that way. And so um, sports, when I would play sports, I was so competitive. You already know how competitive yeah. I can be, you know? Um, but, but when I was playing sports, I was like irrational, you know? I'm not built to be like a world-class athlete, but I always had the mindset, like whatever I was doing, I can't be beat. Like the only thing that could beat me is myself. Like, that's how I felt. Um, and then it ended up being true, though, because <laughs> I have been beating myself ever since. <laughs> like, 
I I think that it wasn't just the pressure crumbling on me. I think there had to be a moment of failure that I can't recall right now. And that being a shock to my system mm. because I always thought I don't fail. You know what I mean? Like I was like, no, I'm the best. Like I succeed. Jesus. So when failure hit, I didn't know how to react to it. And then I think it became a crippling fear of I can fail at anything. Instead of thinking I can succeed at anything, I just thought I could fail at anything. And, and, and then my fear of success comes from that as well. The more you succeed, the more expectation there is. So I feel a pressure of failing, but I also feel a pressure of succeeding. And then the expectations only getting higher. Wow. Uh, yeah, I never had that. <laughs> I mean, I have a fear of failure, but oof. I, I, I don't know. My mom fucking tell, told me, you know, or people, you know, say like, oh, you can be anything. I'm like, I can't be a dragon. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So just because like, you know, I, I guess I was more like fantasy or like so fantastical mindset. I was like, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> no, see, that's, I mean, I guess that's good. Uh, you know, for me, it's like, I just thought about real world things that people actually do. So like, I was like, yeah, I can be an actor. Yeah, I could be a At one point I was going to be a lawyer. And that's a practical thing that you could just go to school to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's a lot of work or whatever. But I was literally like, whatever it was, I could be it. Um, and then I maybe put too much pressure on myself, not just like from like the family, just in my mind, you know, in my mind thinking I could do anything and then being like, oh shit, well now I actually have to like do the work to do it. I, I think that's another problem is things came so easy to me for so long that I didn't know how to do the work, mm. you know? Um, and then you see people do the work and you're like, shit, I don't have that. I don't have what they have that drive because mm. for it's easy to look like you have drive when everything comes easy to you. Right. You know, I think people thought I was a very driven person. I was an ambitious person, but I wasn't driven because it, if it's easy, then you're not overcoming obstacles. You're not, you know, it's not like I'm going to do this no matter what. It's just, I'm doing this and it's just working out that way, you know? Um, but then when it doesn't, you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm not doing that anymore. Well, that means you weren't that driven. Right. Um, but I see people now it's still like, and I'm just like, fuck. Like, how do I get that? Like, how do I find the will to push past whatever? Because it's not like these people don't have their own anxieties and insecurities and whatever, you know, they just pushed past and, you know, that's a struggle. And then, you know, that comes back to death. It's like, oh my God, time is ticking. I'm not doing anything. And it's worse because I know I'm capable, you know, of a lot of things. So it's like, I really, up to this point, don't regret like, long term like i might be like oh i should have done that but then i move on you know i i living in regret is not the way but i do have a fear of being on my deathbed and thinking i've done nothing yeah like i i'm now learning i don't think i have a fear of failure uh i have a fear of dying and being a failure um because that's good though actually it because is. that means you can keep going and failing and failing and failing until you potentially succeed. Because that's the people who succeed, I mean, it's right? It's the ones who can take failure. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, but no, I'm I saying that, you, that's you. what I see that those people have is that they're not afraid of things going wrong because they're just going to go again. For me, it's like if things go wrong, I, it's, a, it's a shock to this. It's, to this day, it's still just like very, very discouraging. I don't react well to it, you know? Yeah, I guess for me, it's just like, you're going to tell me I need to see a therapist again. Um, 
Uh, for me, like just right now and for a strong portion of my life, I was like, yeah, I'm a failure. Uh, that is just what I am and I'm working towards. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, I feel like mm -hmm. yours is like, you can fail and that sucks. Uh, for me, like, it's just like, I'm a failure. I have accomplished nothing with my life in any uh, form of way. But maybe if I can work on this or work on that or work on this, uh, I can slowly move up from being a failure to being competent. Yeah, success seems so far away. I'm, I'm going to aim for competent. Um, <laughs> even though I don't think that's quite the right word. Well, what do, you, what do you mean then when you say competent? I don't know. I mean, forget, forget about what the word actually means. I guess whatever in between a failure and a success is. There must Average. be... Average. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... Uh, mm. Surviving. Surviving. I guess surviving would be better. The only reason I would say average, I feel like um, if you go with average on the failure to successful scale, um, it kind of puts in perspective that you need to be exceptional to be successful when that's not technically the case. If we're, no, but I, why, why do you but say I guess that? Why do you say that? You know what? I think this... Uh, uh, I think this stems from, again, from being successful to me is making money. Okay. Well, wait, but before we go down the road, uh, like, I, I just disagree that saying average means that you need to be exceptional. To me, average just means literally the average, like the place that people are on this scale. You're, you want to be in the middle. That's the average. Yeah. I, you're, yeah, you're definitely thinking of it in more of a, um, mathematical sense, I guess. And I'm, more so yeah. thinking of it in a um, maybe skill-based, I guess, while success and failure isn't entirely based on skill. It definitely has a factor, but it's not, you know, one-to-one. -one. Right. <clears throat> what if Einstein did crack cocaine, you know? He'd still be alive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't, but... <laughs> You know, like, there are so many factors that can, you know, who knows how many fucking Einsteins we had who, you know, died in the womb, who fucking got addicted to drugs, who fucking killed themselves. And on the same scale, to make that less bleak, think of all the Hitlers we've lost to that. <laughs> why i decide to go so depressive and then try to course correct it <laughs> it's a coping mechanism i guess it is i but the weird thing is i'm only doing it right now because of i don't want to bring the viewer or yourself down with that thought too much yeah but i still think that it's a well, the thing is, you wouldn't be able to, like, let it go and, and, and pivot if you just let yourself dwell in it. Like, because that's what you do in your daily life. <laughs> you know? So it's still like, okay, how can I... You know if it's making you smile, that it has a higher chance of making the audience smile. So, like, you gotta, you, you know, it is what it is. But that's just... That's still a coping mechanism, yeah. Okay. But um, one thing I do want to say, and, it, I mean, if you want to, like, stop me from... Because I was going to, like, change direction a little bit um is well as a note the reason why this 
is kind of all over the place is um we were going to record a totally different podcast and then i just threw on you last second let's do the death podcast now and pretty much you you pulled a john okay yes i pulled a john um but but the reason is is we we've been talking about doing this but when talking about it we also know that not every not any given day is the day we're going to want to do it because sometimes we're, you know, dealing with whatever issue and, you know, it just could be too tough. Right. Um, but today was a day I felt up to doing it. I'm like, let's just knock this out. Also, I have a, a more recent experience where someone close to me, you know, told me they have cancer. And um, I had to grapple with that. First off, like on my own, because this person didn't give me much you know, to go off initially. So my mind spiraling, I'm, you know, they're dead. Like that's my mindset. Like they're, they're Jesus. dead. They're walking, dead man walking. Um, it was, it was tough. Cause like you need to talk about it, you know, to get, to get through stuff like that. But I did get to have like a really good conversation, um, with this person. And it was first off, just knowing more, getting more information made me feel I mean, we don't have control of the situation, right? but it, it made me at least feel not out of control in the sense that like I was spiraling. Like I know the facts now, right. right? And the facts are still that this person has cancer, but initially it was like, they were saying they could be stage four and now I know it's stage two and that's a oh, big wow. difference. Oh, wow. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I guess they found it in multiple places and usually you know it's like okay this is spreading so it's stage four but i guess one place is the initial place and then the other place is just another initial place because it's a place where it's isolated so yeah it's just bad luck in the sense that they got cancer in two separate places but it's not like one led to the other um i guess that's what i understood i don't know i don't know shit you know about how cancer works so well, for specific to that situation, I'm more optimistic too. Um, not only just because it's stage two, but that person initially told me they weren't going to do anything about it. But then, like after we talked, um, they were much more open, and um, ultimately, they are getting treatment. Good. And Jeez. so, right. And so that's like a weight lifted. Like there's still a fear. You know, an anxiety about not only this person has cancer, but how are they going to react to the treatment, especially if you're the one that convinced them. (laughs) It's like, you know, I'm like, well, this shit better go, you know, not in the worst possible way. And also, like, I I know a little bit more of the information, but also this person in your life, um, they're not like in the same state as you. They don't live near you. So that's also. Yeah, it complicates. It makes it tougher. Um. Yeah, so, but the the point is, you know, I had to go through that process and I'm in a better place after it and had, you know, really good, not conversa- not just conversations, but, you know, time with that person. And when we got on here, I was just like, I think I could do this right now, you know? Like, I don't know how it's going to go. Like I said, we're all over the place. I, I think we're hitting things that we would want to hit, just not as structured as we would like. Um, But I'm not like super depressed by our conversation overall like i could have been you know yeah i mean i think when we originally i think i'm the one that brought up the topic of death for uh for the podcast 
And I remember like after suggesting it and you being on board, that's when I started like pivoting, like, let's see how it goes with the podcast before we do death uh, for multiple reasons, but also because uh, we're living in a pandemic and, um, you know, you being more comfortable talking about it right now, having someone who's um, sick. Uh, if I was going through that, I don't know if I would be able to talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't initially, you know? Like I said, I didn't have enough information. I was very anxious about it. I was stuck in my own mind about it. So I definitely couldn't have done it before. It would have just... I don't think I would have been present in the conversation as well. Mm. Like, I would have said things, but I would have been, like, probably constantly thinking about that situation rather than, you know. What's the weirdest way you've thought about dying? <laughs> Can I say another one? Sure. Because, like, I feel like alien stepping on us is pretty weird. Um, but I also have a fear of, like, a black hole just sucking us up. and Just appearing out of you nowhere? Know, like, Kind of, but you know, like you were gonna get spaghettied first. Oh, okay. Do you know about that? I I didn't until you said it, uh, and then I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that I'm like, well, that sounds awful. Even if it's for like a fraction of a second, I just hate that. <laughs> uh, I mean, the most really the thing that keeps coming up is like the closest I've gotten to death. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that because I can't think of anything like super weird because a lot of my fear of death is, you know, yeah, falling off of a cliff, drowning, burning alive, you know, (laughs) shot in the head, you know, we live in America. Uh, but I guess my, so I'm just going to talk about my close experience with death, I guess. It wasn't even that close. Um, (laughs) but I was a kid, I think this was in Jersey. We were at the beach and we were swimming, but the weather was kind of iffy and the tide was just strong. But, you know, me and my friends, we were just like doing boogie boards on the waves and I got caught underwater and I had no control over like moving because the tide or the wave was like spinning me constantly. Mm. And I didn't know which way was up, which way was down. Um, and I even like trying to swim, I couldn't. And then thankfully, like I somehow like broached the water and I was like, you know what? I'm done with the water for right now. <laughs> I'm going to go make a sandcastle and dig a hole in the sand. <laughs> I mean, now that you reference to our, you know, previous episode i really thought that wind was gonna take me (laughs) and that was gonna be the death of me because i didn't know how to swim at the time oh yeah that's right and we were in puerto rico and you're surrounded by water so i'm like if the wind takes me i'm only going one place (laughs) and i can't swim you know by the way how did you learn to swim i think i have i feel like i have memories which as we all know memories are fake but I believe I have a memory of being like at like a kitty, you know, swimming lesson kind of thing. But also like, I think I might have like a, a little bit more of an instinct towards swimming. 
because you know i didn't swim for a long time and then but when i hit like a pool or ocean it's like second nature to me to just toss you know like some people need to have like things to cover their nose and earplugs and stuff i'm like nah i'm going under the water i'm swimming i'm fucking doing laps okay well first i want to say that i learned because i was thrown oh that's healthy (laughs) yeah and it's weird because i did learn to swim but i had a huge fear of water actually i would say i I wouldn't say huge fear but i'm still uncomfortable like when i go to the beach i mostly go to just enjoy the peace you know what i mean like the waves crashing like i'd usually like the last thing i want to do is get in the water like if michelle goes like let's get in the water i'll get in but it's like it's not my first choice i'd rather just like look or or be in the very shallow part even though i can swim perfectly fine yeah um but just you said um like people need things i didn't when i was younger but when i was in arizona i remember i had a friend who had a deep ass pool and i dove in the deep end and I went straight to the bottom and then my ears popped really bad and they hurt really fucking bad. And ever since then, water really irritates my ears. Huh? Like I don't use earplugs, but I feel like I probably should because like I I'll, I'll get ear aches like very easily, like from going underwater. How so I don't know what the hell happened that day. Pool? Can't remember. If it was 18 or 20. Jesus. I don't remember. It was deep. You had rich friends. <laughs> uh in arizona yeah (laughs) these people were rich like not all of them but you know like there was a lot of people with really nice houses really nice pools you know um i think that particular friend was from new zealand and he would go there every summer and Mm. like that's just awesome you know what i mean like he would show us pictures and i was like damn (laughs) <laughs> um, but like right at the beginning of summer or at the end of summer when he would come back, you know, that's like the couple weeks or whatever, I hang out with him and go to that pool and pop my ears apparently. Um, Jeez. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it only happened the one time and I was like, I'm never diving in on the deep end ever again. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've, di- I don't think I've dived into water ever since then. Like I'll jump in, but like in a way where I know. Like six feet is the deepest I'm going to jump where I can kind of like oh, yeah. jump in with my legs and then just like stand back up. No problem. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I just thought of that because you were talking about people being all geared up. I'm like, maybe I just need to do that. I'm, I'm not realizing I have not been in like a pool or the ocean in a long time. Well, I don't know that that's where I would want to go in Jersey, no. but um. <laughs> But man, it's nice. Like I'm start like I'm trying to be like again, like more open to just like enjoying things. That's another thing. You know, I think when I like with my anxiety and being in my head so much, I would allow that to just ruin everything. There's pictures of me at the beach as like a teenager just looking absolutely miserable. Oh Jesus. <laughs> like I'm wearing exactly what you saw me wear in high school. Like like the bl- oversized black jeans, oversized black shirt, oversized black new york yankees oh, hat no wonder you're fucking miserable i wasn't hot i was too skinny to be hot at the time oh my you remember yeah <laughs> I, was like, I do like very very skinny um yeah i wasn't hot i that to me i was like i feel covered and protected because i burn easily as well probably can't be in the sun for more than 30 minutes without burning <laughs> i think that's another thing like uh, i've become so like self-conscious about my body 
uh i i think i would have a problem taking my shirt off in like a beach you need to get like like swim gear <laughs> You know what I mean? Like where it's just like, it's like the full, a lot of people do that though. Even people without any, because it keeps you warm too. Mm. Like, so maybe you could swim in Jersey if you, <laughs> you know, had one of those. Like I would, I, I honestly would not without one of those, to be honest. Like I can't stand cold water. Mm. I can't stand it. Like it, it's the worst thing in the world to me. And I'm such a baby when it comes to it. Like you remember when I first moved down here and people would tell us it was cold and we would both look at each other like, you don't know cold because right. you know, we were from the Northeast. Dude, fucking well, people in fucking Florida wearing hoodies. I'm like, how? I wear hoodies now. You're... S- <laughs> no. Like, no. Like, well, how? It would make you too hot, though. The hoodie? Yeah. I'm a twig. Oh, my. Well, I'm not as much anymore. But, like, no, that's a factor. Like, I... It, 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 there's at night it gets cool at night you know what i mean and and i could use sure, at night but another I, layer I don't know when we went to school and day. shit high schoolers yeah. Like, yeah there's people who wear like multiple layers just for the fashion it's for the fashion bro i guess but <laughs> that i mean look at me i'm wearing a digimon shirt like i don't give a shit um about fashion <laughs> um, but like i'm just saying that's why they did it yeah and just so you know if anyone's curious about florida and don't know about florida uh, there's literally like one week where it's cool, chill a little bit, uh, and then it's yeah. hot every other day. I well, I will say, James. I don't know if this just is another thing with global warming. I would say like the last couple of years have been. There's been longer periods of colder times than I remember for like my first Fuck. ten years living here. Yeah, like. I get cold sometimes and I'm not as skinny as I was. So back then it's like, okay, of course you're cold. Like you don't have any insulation. You're like, you, you need something. But now I'm, I feel like I'm average. Um, I get cold. (laughs) I get cold, bro. Especially like when I have to go to work, like that is at night. But before at night I would just be, it would just like be chilly, not cold. You know what I mean? Now I get cold. But but when I brought up like temperature stuff, the reason why I did uh, to go back to like the water is that's never been the case with water, though. I've always been a bitch when it comes to cold water. <laughs> like, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. So when I moved to Florida, that was like the one thing where I was like, wow, like right away. I was like, this is amazing. Like just warm water. Crazy. Oh, yeah. No, I. But now I'm a bitch if it's like. 70 and that's still way hotter than it is up there. <laughs> I, I remember going to the beaches, um, oh god, where were they? Maybe like, I don't know, I did a cruise and it was like, uh, islands in like Mexico, parts of Mexico, um, and I just remember the tropical water, like it was clear, it was beautiful, oh my god, like you can see the <laughs> fish swimming in the ocean, it's just like, what the fuck? We have that here too in Florida. I know, like, but, <laughs> no, no, I... Florida is definitely a lot better um, than Jersey. Jersey is just green, um, mm. but uh, Florida is definitely better. But I, I felt it was like crystal clear. You know, you we needed to go to more places. We needed to do more like activities than just play video games when you were here. Because there's definitely places like that that are really cool. Um, Man, I really wish. Uh, I really wish we just had money when. <laughs> We all That's live true. together. You know, I say yeah. that, but I say that now as a person with a job who can actually like figure it out. Then it was like, how the fuck were we gonna do anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which is i guess why i got into like tabletop games and then never can get you guys so since you brought up money that's another thing with anxiety right it's not just having money but also you know i think people are more overall more aware than we've been in a long time about just being a part of like this economic system that just fucking has no regard for us right Right. so i have like it's like this like this thing where i'm like how do i find that balance where i'm making enough money to not be afraid about not having money but not letting my life get swallowed up by that because like you know regal did a number on me jesus (laughs) like like i was that was my life you know what i mean and that's not a life so like and just a reminder for people out there, uh, John was the general manager of a movie theater. Right. So I just, I'm like, that's a source of anxiety. And it relates to death in the sense that, like, you want to find that balance well before you die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, I would say that's one of the more constant things in the back of my mind recently is, like, obviously I left a better paying job and I'm like, I want to do something I enjoy, but I also want to have time for myself. Yeah. Cause when, when, when you're living like that life where like your the life is your job and it's not something you're passionate about either. The time that you do have, it's hard to maximize. Like maybe that's a problem with me more so because of my anxiety being stuck in my own mind, stuff like that. And that's something that I need to needed to get better at, which I think I was getting better at. But it's like, not only am I wasting all that time that I'm at work in terms of like, that's not fulfilling me in any way, but also when I'm outside of work, I just feel so drained and so stuck in my mind about this is my life right now that I can't even enjoy that time. And obviously that's a huge problem. And, and again, like I said, I know that that's partially my fault because I know other GMs who, you know, were constantly on vacation and uh, I actually had a GM tell me, like, what the fuck are you doing? You Go on vacation, <laughs> you know? And, but I had such an, I mean, maybe that's the fear of failure. I was like, I can't just go on vacation. You know what I mean? I mean, oftentimes the state of my building was in, a, in that way. Like, we would be short leadership or whatever. So I didn't want to, it's not that I couldn't go, but I didn't want to put that on other people like my workload on other people when we didn't have enough people as it was right you know so i felt guilty i couldn't just go and be free but then i would tell those people like no like like i didn't even want to i didn't contact them i you know i let them enjoy their time right and they're able to you know be like fuck this place because this place doesn't care about me um but for i could i couldn't get to that place mentally myself so i would tell people to do that but then i couldn't do it myself yeah, well, I mean, you probably felt more responsibilities. Um, I think, you know, I didn't even work that hard at Walmart, but I, you know, I still tried my best. And when, you know, the workload still doesn't get finished, uh, it fucking hit me hard. Uh, mm-hmm. It's. I think it's now with this job, it's just like, you know what? I like to take a week off and do whatever the fuck I want to do. Even if it's nothing, even if the biggest thing I'm going to do is go drive up a couple miles and go to Barnes and Nobles and buy some books. But I'm at this point where I think for any job, and especially at my job, because 
uh, for people who don't know, I work for a, um, a company who has residential houses for people with mental disabilities. Um, like one of the first things, uh, not my manager, but like a person above said was like, don't think of this as a job. You know, you're working with people. I'm like, there are people who fucking like eat that up. And I didn't, thankfully, because fuck, if I didn't take time for myself, if I didn't like disengage, if I didn't fucking find some way to separate myself from that job, oh my God, I'd be dead. Fuck, I would be dead. Right. I mean, that, that message, though, that you just said, <sighs> I kind of do act like that in a way, but I don't want to be told that. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, like you tell me that I'm like, okay, get your bullshit out of here. But I act that way in the sense that it's like, I was just saying, it's very hard for me to like, let go. Like I, it's not my fault. The situation is the way it is, but like, I'm like, feel so guilty if I like, I, I I've only ever called out twice in my entire life. Like not just that one job I'm talking about all of my jobs. So from high school to now, I've only called out of work twice. John, call out of work tomorrow. I just... Call out sick tomorrow. We are going to play video games. Call out sick tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Call out of work tomorrow. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm like freaking out because you're saying this and, and this is going into a Friday night. I'm I'm not That's kidding. killing me. I'm Oh my god, John. Like you have PTO, right? I do, but I've been like trying to save it cuz it's not like in my previous job where I got a set amount because I was at a certain position, like okay. that I got a decent amount, like I got weeks. I have to earn it. So oh, yeah. I'm like A afraid to use it cuz then I get back to zero and then B I've been saving for like a trip to see my mom. Okay, that's fair. How much PTO do you have? Let me check. I mean, I take, uh, with this job, I'm able to take off two weeks. You have PTO. It's not like um, separated by vacation, sick time. I believe it's just PTO. Okay. Like I have to, all I do is put in the reason, but it's all one pool. Right. Okay. They did that at Walmart when I left, which worked out for me. Uh, because they had to pay that out when I quit. At my current job, it's um, vacation time, personal time, sick time. I have like 160 hours of sick time. And, Whoa, I definitely don't. And I'm at the point of like, I should just call out sick every now and again. You should. Absolutely. Especially like nowadays, like if you have literally any reason you're sick, that's a good reason to, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's just, um, again, there's also the thing, like, we're down two people, and for our group home, that's a lot of people, especially when one of them is the assistant manager. We've gotten off the topic of death a little bit. Um, yeah, but I mean, these are all things that feed into it, in a way, right? Yeah, that's true. Time is ticking. We're dying, James. Yeah. I guess that's the case to call out, right? (laughs) Uh... Uh, is there anything more we want to say about death? I was going to say, how, how can we like tie it up? I have a depressing one. 
I mean, all right, just go over, just just say it. But be an we outro. Could cut it out. We could put. Yeah. So uh, thank you for listening to the topic of death, and I just want to remind each and every one of you out there, you are going to die. God damn it, James. <laughs> Look, if we have Don't to have you... panic attacks, so do they. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I really do not wish <laughs> what I think of on anyone. <laughs> and nothing would ever get done if there was a million James and Johns <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, I guess to tie it up, um... Is there anything else antidotical? Any last stories? I'm sure there is. Like that again, because we went into this so unstructured. Like I didn't, you know, we didn't prepare for it. We didn't sit and think about it. Um, I still think we talked about some good stuff. Yeah. Um. So you know, with my, I keep saying like it fueled all kinds of different anxieties. Right, my fear of death. Um. Remember. I didn't get my license until what, like 26 or 27? Oh, shit, that late? Yeah, you don't remember? Like, I, I, I remember you, you didn't I have never a car, drew, but... Uh, I didn't have a license either. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what I meant. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say my fear of death definitely stemmed from hating to drive because I was afraid I was going to die in a car crash. Wait, the reverse of what you just said, right? Your fear of... Driving, driving stemmed from your fear of death. Yes, yes. Okay. Because <laughs> you said your fear of death stemmed from... <laughs> you saw a car one time and was like, nope, fuck that. Life <laughs> life ends too easily. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but, but I'm saying, think about that, right? Think about how uncomfortable you were driving. Think about how much you hated it. I don't know how you feel about it at this exact moment. Is it still bad or... I still hate it. Um, I haven't really driven far, you know? I haven't driven mm-hmm. more like, you know, 30 minutes at a time at most, you know? Okay. Uh, so so I, I think what I was going to say was think about knowing all that, but think about when you had your license and when you had your car, and then think about, I didn't get it until <laughs> I was like 27, you know? Like, I think I was 27. Um. I was just, I was just too, too anxious about it. Way too anxious. The thing is, you know, my anxiety in cars wasn't just from me driving. You know that I also would get anxiety in the car with you driving, like with anyone, yeah, like it, just being in a car gave me anxiety. Um, that's why sometimes Michelle hates driving with me is because sometimes like I can be like a backseat driver sometimes, but it's like, I just I just really need you to minimize the risk of me dying right now. <laughs> That's how I feel. Okay, felt. so this is hilarious because I just have this memory of you uh like trying to show me shit on your phone while I was driving. And I was just yeah. like, you need to fucking stop this. I am driving, you motherfucker. No, but, no, but you know why? That's why I was too comfortable. I started getting like my mom and you. I feel like I was really comfortable after a point because you guys were really good drivers right like my mom was just a really good driver and then you were so afraid that you couldn't like not be paying attention oh, so then it made me with ma- you maybe in the two car, though like uh like if i'm driving with someone like if i die i die i not great nice. thing but if i die i die and like who gives a shit about me i i'm not important 
No, I, I, I will always I was gonna say, no, I agree, but I meant like, I, I think of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like as you, as a single person as well, like, but if I was like, if I was fuck, <laughs> but I, I'm not important. I agree. <laughs> I got what you meant. Like, look, out of everyone to put me down, you're like the least likely to do it. Um, but you know, I I give more. I care more about other people because I see potential in other people and not in myself. That's interesting. That 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 uh, that second part. It's not so much of for me about seeing the potential. It's just that I can't have someone else's death on my con. Like, because if I don't die, I can't have that on my conscience, knowing that I ended their life. You know what I mean? And then if even if I do die, I don't want that to be the case that someone else's life ended because of me. It's not necessarily how i view them versus me it's just that if it's me doing it to myself like accidentally yeah i mean it's not like we're like driving off a cliff on purpose you know we're just talking about getting into an accident um i i can kind of i was gonna say live with that but i guess i can die with that because you know it was just me and and shit happens right but like when it's someone else it's like shit does happen but that sucks that you're the reason you know i guess but I guess that would probably affect me more if the person died and I didn't. But if we both died... Obviously. Yeah, well, yes. But I guess I, this comes stems from, you know, the belief of after death, there is nothing. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess my always thought process was um, if we, you know, both died, um, uh, I, it's just like... Uh, when am I taking away from the world from having this person die with me? You know, like yeah, you may never do anything. Okay, no, no, but- no, no. I, I, but, but I feel like we're saying the same thing. It's just that when you said potential, like you versus them, um, their life doesn't inherently have any more value, even if you think your life isn't worth much, right? Because I, I would say like most people don't do anything important, <laughs> you know, um. It's just that I don't want to know that they like had friends and family and then take them away from mm. them, you know? And, and I'm not saying knowing it, like, after, like if we die, we don't know. It. I'm just saying knowing that going into it, that's the things I'm thinking about. Like, yeah, I still think about stuff like that when I'm driving people around. But, but to your point where it's like, you don't care as much when it's just you. When I'm tired. I don't know where my mind is at because sometimes I like will straight up start watching a video on my phone while I'm driving myself and like, yeah. For, uh, this is an audio uh, thing, so I have to just say I am aghast. I'm aghast yeah, at very, this fucking man it, right now. No, no. Yeah. And, and, and I've been like really trying to like correct that because because then. I'll be like, wait, what, am, what the, f- like, what am I doing? Like, I, don't, I think it's cause my mind is mush. Like, cause I'm so tired. Cause then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, cause yeah, I could die, but like, I could also kill someone else, you know, doing this. Like I could like end someone else's life. So I'm like, yo, I, I, I need to figure out a way. I feel like I need to start putting my phone like on the passenger seat instead of ha- cause I usually have it like on my lap. So like if someone calls, I can just like answer it real quick. But I think I'm just gonna start tossing it does to the passenger. Does your steering wheel not have like an answer button? It does. Oh my! <laughs> I don't think I've ever used it. 
No, but you know what's what's all, actually that's a good point. I should just plug it in and still just toss it to the side yeah. because it pops up on. I have a touch screen and I can yeah. just click the answer on there. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. Oh, people text me too, and I try to answer that. Like not not while I'm driving. I try to do it at red lights. But like I said, at night, like the, since I've been working this overnight job, I just I don't think about it as much. Like I just. But that's when you're most likely to like. I shouldn't say most likely. That's when there's a good chance of you killing someone too because you Better won't even chance, see them yes yeah you won't even see them uh, i'm working on it james <laughs> i'm like now afraid that i need to start auditioning my other friends for a new co-host in case something happens i mean you put you put the the, the word out there on the last show i'm legit trying to think who the fuck i can replace you with and i'm not liking my options <laughs> Like, I feel like I would have to do so much work with Steve and Arthel to get them to where we're at, uh, being comfortable talking on microphones. And the only other person I can think of is my friend Jenna. But I'm afraid of the shit I'll learn about her. Because I'm already <laughs> afraid of some of the stuff I've heard about her. And this is definitely going in the podcast because I'll know if she listens to this if she texts me. You guys are going to have a conversation then. Because wasn't she one of the people that responded after the second episode? Yeah. <laughs> but but when I went on, like, told my the story about death, I thought you were going to follow it up with something you were thinking about that I don't think you ever got to. And I thought that was kind of going to lead to... We got sidetracked. Yeah, by, like, we got super sidetracked. This is going to be a fun one to edit. Uh, you Well, we were actually talking about um, you uh, driving. You only recently learned how to uh, drive. Actually, not really, because you fucking used to drive in high school. Didn't you? What? I remember, like, you were complaining that you had to use your mom's car to fucking go to work. You only had, like, a... You were doing it illegally or some shit because you only had a uh, permit. I swear to God, this was a thing. If I did that, holy shit, I, I must sort of like blocked it out of my memory because it was the worst experience because like I, I think it was really only for cannot like, remember or imagine doing that. I think it was like only for like a week or something. Oh, no, 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 or no, a couple no, no, days. no, 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 this was not in high school. Was it I after? remember what you're talking about. Yeah, it was because it was when my mom went on a cruise and yes. I had to drop her off at the cruise and pick her up. And that was the first time I was driving, okay. like, really. And, and, and it was with a group of people and then totally by myself and on the highway. And it was all like, everything was hitting me at once. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was something. And I got stopped by a cop. Oh, fun. Yep. And he grabbed my permit, looked at it, looked at me, and then looked like he just didn't have the time for this shit today. So he just gave it to me and walked away. Fucking good. <laughs> but I was like, I guess my skin paid off that day. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> like, how did this happen? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, man, I've driven you a lot. Mm -hmm. You're probably the most main reason I drove. I had to pick oh. you up from school. Had to help you pick up your sister after she broke her arm or some shit. Jesus. 
Yeah. That was a weird Jesus. day too, because I did that and I had a test because I was doing community college for a little bit there. So I had to rush to get, and then rush to the school. Fuck, you just said something that made me go, oh. Oh, okay, you said you drove me, and I, because I, I was thinking about how, like, you know, it took me much longer to start driving, but I think maybe I'm more comfortable than you now, and it's came down to what you said, where you said, I only drive, like, 30 minutes at a time. So there was a point where I drove to Orlando. Really? You know? And then after that, driving around town is not as big a deal. And then I would say I still had, you know, pretty constant anxiety driving. It was just more managed. But then um, when my mom was trying to get a house, you know, in Georgia, those constant drives, I was doing the driving. After that, I wouldn't say my anxiety has gone, but it's just totally different. Now my anxiety is more about, is a parking lot busy? Mm. it's not about driving on the highway or driving. It's just like, Oh, I have to navigate this parking lot with a bunch of people trying to pull out, a bunch of people trying to park to just drive me nuts. People crossing the street. Like, I'm just like that shit, you know, heightens my anxiety. But outside of that, like just generally driving, I feel way, way more comfortable now. That's good. So, so maybe you need to do a cross country trip. Maybe look, I, I think I said this a long time ago, but I was like, I remember talking to Steve and it's like talking about like doing a cabin in the woods or, you know, some shit like that. I don't want to cut you off for the millionth time, but we are on another significant tangent. So do you just want to end it okay, and this is, just move on to I, the next one? And uh, Let's just tie this up. Um, I'm just going to add this here. This has been a roller coaster of a, this has literally been us just chatting, so a lot is being cut out, repasted, and hopefully it will be listenable. Um, but hopefully it was also fun. But uh, I kind of just want to end this. So a lot of our discussion has been about um, how we felt about death in the past, and we've kind of skirted and about it in the present but where would you say you are like 100% still the same as you were when you were a little kid or well like I said you know that anxiety led to so much other things that I'm anxious about so it's like there's less bandwidth in my brain to just be focused on death but then I also said earlier that um I'm tired you know like I I just I'm often tired, so like I don't have the energy to stick on things, you know, necessarily as much like when I'm wide awake, like when I have the energy, it's right back at it. It's like, oh hello, my old friend here to ruin my day. Huh. But when I'm tired, I can actually be tired now, you know, and that'll let me either coast or go to sleep or whatever, you know, the case may be. Ignore your text messages, you know, whatever tech, whatever tiredness allows me to do. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I wouldn't say it's the same in the sense that it's just not that constant. I mean, it's still constant from like, like when I talk to other people, sometimes they're like, Jesus, you know, like, like you need to chill out still. But it's not like it was before in terms that it was a nightly, daily, but definitely nightly thing. Um, I would say it's 
less than that. But when I have the time to be in my own thoughts, like if I have a day off and I happen to wake up and Michelle's not here and I have nothing to do and I'm not doing anything, here we go again. <laughs> you know, like I'll just start thinking about it. <laughs> Man, you have a lot of distractions. <laughs> Cause I very much have those pretty much every weekend I have that doesn't have something planned like the podcast or editing the podcast. Um, I'm with myself. I'm stuck in my own thoughts and, uh, it's thankfully has not been too much about death. It's more so been about me being a failure in life and going to die alone. Uh, I don't know being able to, yeah, I don't know. I, there's a bit of me that has accepted death a bit more. Um, because I think there's also like a bit of me that's like for the longest time, death is unfair. Death is unfair. But actually, it's probably one of the most fairest things. Because mm. we will all do it. Young, old, rich, poor, we will all die. I guess, I mean, I guess the randomness of it is what maybe makes it fair. But at the same time, I still get that feeling that it's not fair. And the reason why I say that is because, I mean just look at you your what you were saying earlier about your dad dying right it wasn't fair to either of you right he didn't get to raise a child you didn't get to be raised by a dad and then if a child dies that's not fair not only to the parents who have to live with that for the rest of their lives that their child died but also to the child that didn't get to live a life like really you know um so it's like unfair to me but i guess because it's random it's on some two-faced shit you know you know, it's fair in that way. <laughs> so, uh, you want to end it here? <laughs> God, a real sour note. Well, on that note, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Please review before you die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like before you die <laughs> like, oh god i'm sorry this is the end of the podcast we've been here for two hours by mistake and this might be a 45 minute episode um <laughs> <laughs> and i just want to thank you all for listening to us talk about death and um, if you like this, hey, maybe go review us on iTunes or whatever podcasting app or on YouTube. Hit the like button, subscribe to our YouTube, TikTok, all that stuff before you die, because you don't want that on your consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> Help us succeed before the flame goes out. 